Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 107. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On this show, we're going to talk about making money and managing money with online business, budgets, and Craigslist. Our guest is Jay Money from Budgets Are Sexy. It's a fun interview. We cover a lot of different topics, but how to make money online and on the side and how to get started is the focus. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. We're on today with Jay Money, financial blogger and entrepreneur. Welcome to the show, Jay. Hi, how are you today? I'm great. It's great to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I love talking about money. Well, you're one of those people that has a really interesting brand and you're just really yourself with, you know, talking about your experiences and everything. So tell everyone how you got started in this because you've been doing it about eight years now. Yeah, eight years and five years full time for a real real life job, which is crazy just uh, saying it out loud. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I'm glad you say that my stuff comes across as personal because pretty much that's what kind of got me started in the online world. Um, I bought a house at like the peak of the market when everything was going up and everyone's like, hey, it's American dream, buy a house, you know, it's what you're supposed to do. Um, and so I just did, like, I, I found a place within 48 hours, like, you know, of finding this place, I put down 360,000 or I took a loan for 360,000, um, no money down, got a house. And a couple weeks after I said, you know what, I better, uh, make sure like I have my budget down and kind of know what I'm doing financially. Um, which is kind of the opposite of what you're supposed to do. <laughs> um, I've never been really bad with money. I just wasn't really like great at it. I was just kind of even Steven, really. Um, and so I went online and I kept coming across all these stories and, and, and net worths and personal budgets of regular people, you know, that just shared like all these things called blogs. I mean, I didn't even know what a blog was. Um, and I loved it. And I, I started learning and just getting excited to like pay attention to money reading other people's personal stories. Um, so after a few months, I said, oh, man, I, I can talk about my story and I can, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not the typical suit and tie guy. You know, I like to drink beer, I like to party, I like I have a mohawk, you know, I'm trying to be cool, you know, back in the day before kids. <laughs> um, and so I said, screw it, I'm just going to start a blog. You know, I, I started at work, you know, on my downtime. Um, and I wanted to be anonymous so I can be super transparent. Um, and I also, you know, didn't want my, my job to find out. Um, I just started talking about money, you know, and as the months and years progressed, um, I built an audience and then, you know, companies were like, Hey, if you talk about me and you like me, you know, I'll pay you. And I thought that was crazy. I was doing it for free. Um, you know, and here we are eight years later, later changed my career, changed really my whole outlook on money, but mainly life. Um, because it's amazing. Like once you figure out how money works and the freedom it gives you, it just, I don't know, it just changes everything, you know? I mean, I'm sure you know. Well, yeah, there's so many things that you said. First of all, tell us what was your career that you left? 
Oh, sure. Um, I was kind of a job hopper, but uh, the last four or five years I was in, um, I did like customer service and graphic design um, for, for startups um, back when like uh, mobile technology, ringtone technology was really big. Um, and so that, so I was in that kind of startup realm. Oh, interesting. So you kind of got to see some of the mobile and technology world around you developing and that must have piqued your interest. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, I, I liked, I, that was the first time up until that point I'd worked at like retail and like big corporate nine to five kind of places. And the startup world was the first time that I realized, oh, wow, there's other kinds of jobs out there that's not like your typical, um, which I didn't know back then. But now that helped me lead into working for myself after a while because I realized there's not just one way to do things. What's that like when you finally realize for the first time that you don't really have to have a job and you can make a living from home or there's other things you can do and the world doesn't really work the way that you've been brought up to think it works? Isn't that like an amazing like point of just like your brain goes, wow. Yeah, it's amazing and scary and weird. And then like, honestly, it makes you wonder like, what the hell have I been doing my whole life? And then you look around and you realize that not everyone realizes this exactly you know that's the crazy part there's people i mean i get readers anywhere from like 15 all the way to 60 70 like i had someone that was like 88 that said hey i'm just now paying attention to money because i can't retire and i'm like this is crazy 88 years old you know yeah uh, i mean it's so yeah but the idea knowing that it's possible i think is step number one you know once you know it's possible then it's like hey how do i get this lifestyle mm-hmm so as a blogger, you said you had people contact you, so you were getting sponsorships. Is that what was happening? Yeah, I'd have people. Yeah, I didn't know you could make money. I, didn't, I mean, I saw ads. I just never really, on people's blogs, I just never put two and two together. Um, and and I, saw, I just had people out of the blue reach out like, hey, I heard you talk about my product. You know, we have an affiliate program. Or, hey, I, I have this new, this new software or this new ebook or whatever. Um, and if I liked it... I would I would share it share it and do a review or whatever and then if you know someone signs up you get paid um, and and as I got bigger and you'll see this on a lot of blogs you get a lot more of these opportunities you know there's there's plenty of ways to make money the the challenge is uh, doing the ones that you actually think are good and helpful and not doing it for the money and that's why I see lots of people go, you know <laughs> go way over that border make a ton of money, but then they lose the community and the purpose of of a blog, you know. I totally agree because you really have to either use the product or if personally endorse the product, it's not good enough just to, you know, have that ad or that something out there just for the money. It just, you know, that never works. It's interesting that energy about doing things just for money just never is consistent with really who we are. and And it just always makes us feel incongruent yeah and in the financial industry i guess because it's all based on money i feel like it's a lot there's a lot more temptation you know because it's everywhere everyone all these big financial companies have this money to spend and and they want customers left and right and it's just you know not only know the online world you know like i'm not a financial advisor or in brokerage or anything so i'm sort of like i'm just seeing it an itsy tiny tiny bit you know, and the underground world is probably just too scary to even think about. <laughs> so <laughs> you probably know more about that. <laughs> so do you help people who want to start a financial blog? Do you, do you help people who want to become entrepreneurs? 
Yeah, so after a couple of years of blogging, I started realizing there's like sites you can you can like there's a lot of blogs that when the blogger stops blogging, um, the option is to either shut down the site or sell a blog, which I never knew about earlier. Um, so I kind of got into this world of buying and selling financial blogs, and I wouldn't write for it; I would just manage them um, and, and hire writers and all that. Um, but because of that, I kind of learned the ins and outs of what kind of works and doesn't. Um, and then I, you know, I'm an accidental entrepreneur. I had no grand scheme to work on my own, you know, ever in my life up until this point. Um, and so over, over the eight years, I've learned a lot about blogging. And so I, I do, I, I did coaching one-on-one for a couple years, um, but I, <laughs> which is fun. And I still, I still help people to email me and we talk every now and then, but I kind of hit pause because it takes a lot of energy, um, and I get so like, I care so much that I'll spend in, if, like, it's, if it's supposed to be like an hour call, I'll spend an hour researching, I'll spend all the time on the call, then I'll follow up and it, it started taking away from my own project. So I kind of don't do it as much. Um, but if anyone listening has questions or, you know, want to hit me on Twitter or whatever, I'm, I'm always happy to help and at least refer you if, if I, if I can help myself. Yeah. So what would you say your main sources of income are? today um so it changes every couple of years um before it used to be advertising um direct advertising affiliate advertising um money coaching blog coaching and once i got like a family and i said you know what like i don't want to be a workaholic you know yeah um so i kind of um, i'm kind of shedding bits and pieces of it um, and this year has really been about consulting for a lot of financial startup companies now. Um, for example, one of them, Digit, which is like a product that helps you save money for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I love Digit. I like that. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, I was one of the first people to, to sign up. And a friend of mine happened to know the, um, the CEO. We got to talking. And I was talking about them just organically. And they said, dude, you should become like an advisor to us and help us out. And I thought, what? Like, I'm just a blogger, right? <laughs> you know, so, so it's just one of those opportunities. So, so, so stuff like that, I've started really realizing, hey, it's cool to work for a, a company that you love and, and use, you know, and that also has like a bigger, you know, money and they have more money to spend, um, you know, versus like one offs here and there. Um, so, so, yeah, so my money comes from advertising, consulting, um, some coaching here and there, but not as much. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think that's it right now. Do you, I used to have like 15 different streams. Huh? Wow. Do you have any products? I do not. So one of the things it's interesting when you start something that starts to grow or you get a, a brand or you get an audience, um, you get all these opportunities like books. Like I've been offered book deals, radio shows, TV, like TV stuff. Um, and I, I like them all in theory. I like that you can make money and build something big, but, but I don't, I don't care enough, I guess is my problem. Um, like I enjoy just being a blogger, if that makes any sense. Um, so, so I don't, I haven't found, um, anything outside of what I'm doing that I've loved enough to, to say, you know what, I'm going to focus on this. Um, I like the idea of kind of having like a compilation of my, my best blog posts or something like that. Um, but no, I don't have any products, and that's a that's a business fail on my, my on my behalf. I I concentrate a little bit more too much on the hobby than the business side of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might be in your future. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, I never say no. I always at least consider stuff. So yeah, and I know at one point you were known for budgets. 
Yeah, yeah. I started, yeah, because I was really into budgeting when I first started, hence the name. And um, Justin Timberlake's... Because, um, wait, the name, is, the, bud, the, the name is Budgets Are Sexy, right? Yeah, that's my main site. Yeah, yeah budgetsaresexy.com. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, ulti- and overall, like, I agree that budgets helps you. Um, and it really, it gave me a lot of confidence, which is why I named it sexy, because that gives you, you know, sexiness, you know. Um, and, and especially if you're starting out or don't know what the hell you're doing, I think after a while, like after you figured out for years how to manage your money, you know, for me, I don't budget as strongly as I used to. Um, and so I still believe in them, but like, I don't blog about budgeting all the time now. I'm more into like freedom and, and lifestyle design kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, the thing I have about, I guess, against budgets is just that. I agree with you. They're they're more for you know people who are just barely getting by, than mm-hmm. once you're or or tight or paying off debt or something like that. I think they're great, but I'm more a fan of setting priorities of like pro- prioritizing what you want to spend money on and what's really important to you and making sure your yeah. money's going there so that you're really living the life that you want to live and not just like squandering money in areas where you don't even realize where it's going. But, right, but really, right. if you want to travel, making sure it goes to travel. If you want to have nice clothes or a nice car, making sure it goes to the things that you really value and and, and making a priority. So that's sort of my theory about budgeting. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that? Well, and I think budgets can do I – think, I think most people, I guess – think budgets is like bills, like here are the bills and all the, the bad, stupid stuff I have to pay. Whereas you can kind of budget in travel and, and fun stuff even more so if you wanted to. Um, but I, I think, I think a better name or at least for me, w- once I start, once I knew where my money was going in the first place, like I, I checked everything for like three months straight. Um, and I, I was just, man, I was blown away hundreds of dollars. I just had no idea where my money was going. Um, so I think once you get, once you know your money's going and, and you're not, um, yeah, you're not paycheck to paycheck and, and in fluctuation every month, you know, you can not be as budget hardcore, I guess. Yeah. Because people feel really restricted by budgets and they just, they're like diets. They just want to go off them, you know? <laughs> I know, it really needs to be a better day, but yeah. yeah, I tried to make them cool, which worked for a while. But <laughs> well, and it's interesting because I've I've met a lot of bloggers who have gotten themselves out of debt through budgeting or yeah. through you know uh, Dave Ramsey's method, snowball method, and other ways, and and they've started out to become a blogger and have taught other people and they've sort of gotten into this business and then it sort of evolves into another business. But I think that yeah. the online space is so fascinating because you really can be creative with what you want and what you want your business to be. And you can go in so many different directions. I mean, you're choosing to go in this consulting direction right? and that, you know, for you seems to be the right move. Yeah. And, you know, going to um, FinCon, which is our, you know, yearly financial blogger conference, um, it started out with a lot of bloggers only. And now it's been like our fifth or sixth year. Now you see a lot of like speakers that have a blog to help them speak more or they have a blog because they want to publish more books or get more consulting or freelancing gigs. Um, It really, I mean, I like I had no idea how to make money online or I didn't know anything. You know, and the blog, like even if the blog made zero dollars, I would have been fine off of the opportunities that that kind of street credibility or it becomes your resume, you know. Um, And so then depending on your personality and what you're good at or want to do, yeah, you can take it 
I mean, man, hell, all my friends are from from Twitter and from blogging. <laughs> like my whole life literally changed. Like I don't like it's just crazy, you know. <laughs> and I think that does happen to us who specialize online. We're sort of in this. We're comfortable with that cyber world of social media and yeah. conferences and things like that. And and yeah, we may meet online initially, and then we meet in person at at certain places. Yeah, that's the best part. Yeah, yeah, because it can get lonely being at home, doing your own thing. But um, you know, you know, even Skype, podcasting, everything—just you and I talking here—is better than than emailing. You know, <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, what advice do you have for people who want to start a business online? That's a good question. Um, I guess the first thing I would do is to figure out. I don't know. I'm not really good at at doing like like. I want to make money online and then going backwards from there. Um, I, I've never met anyone personally, at least blogging, that said, I want to start a blog to make money and then like became successful. Um, and blogging and online entrepreneurship are, are kind of different. Like it's very niche, the blogging world. Um, but but my, my first uh, thing for people is to figure out what you like to do or what, what you care about. You know, whether it's personal finance or, I mean, knitting, fashion, design, I, it doesn't really matter. You know, find something you love to talk about and, and build a community around. Um, and then from that point, you know, research everything and see, you know, what the, the players in the game are, see, you know, or just start. If you're into blogging, just go to WordPress and get a free account and just literally start writing, you know, because you'll know fast after a few weeks, couple months, if it's something that's going to stick. Um, so, so I, and that's, and that's what happened to me. I did it as a hobby. So I'm very geared towards that direction versus, Oh, I'm going to go online and build a business. Um, you know, obviously that works. And if you have product like t-shirts or soap or whatever you want to sell, that's, that's way different. Um, but, but it all starts with, you know, figuring out what you care about and or what you're good about and hopefully both. And then just starting it and telling people, you know, um, there's a lot of ideas that we all have in our heads and, and it, none of it matters until it's like live and people can see it because it always changes. <laughs> yes. And it, you know, it's so true. If we just start from our passion and what we love to talk about or what we're researching anyway, or what we're seeing out there, I, I know, you know, in our space, the financial world, a lot of people have come in, been very successful, but also photography and food oh, yeah. and fashion and makeup. And I mean, you see people literally making millions of dollars a year through either blogs or YouTube channels or just mm -hmm. anything that can really attract a big audience. And it's such a game changer for people to start to realize there's this whole other way to make a living out there that, you know, we didn't learn in school. It's not, you know, grow up and get good grades and go to college and go from there. It's this whole other path that people sort of have to find people like yourself and me that are talking about how to do things and how you make money. And, you know, just finding those references, those podcasts out there that you know, explain a lot of things for people. I think there's so much information now, it's kind of hard to curate it all because it's right. just a ton of overwhelm. But if people were just going to start, I think, you know, like you said, starting a blog and just focusing on what they want to do is a good place to, to go initially. Yeah, and I think um, the nice thing too is if you're not, like, if you don't need to make the money off the blog, like you start the blog and you become... Um, I hate the word, but like they call it like an expert or an online influencer, right? Like you're pretty much someone in the space that you're talking about that has like a community or some sort of 
you know, I don't know what the word's called, influence, I guess. Um, but once you have that, then you use that to pretty much do other stuff that you want that does make money. You know, like again, like the speaking or the books or the products. Um, and the thing about the products too, I like, I don't know where I saw this, if it was in a book or someone told me, but they said just to like, you know, even at like, like put the idea out there and say like, hey, sign up here or prepay for this item that you're trying to build or this shirt or this idea. Um, and then you'll tell right away, like if people like the idea, you know, like you don't even have to have it built. You can just talk about it and put it out there, you know, and if you get people to sign up then you build it and kind of go backwards versus like spending hours and time and money to build this big gargantuan thing and then try to sell it only to find out like no one cares. (laughs) I think that's such a wise move. And and that's actually what I did a beta test for the the VIP experience where I asked my, yeah, people on my list, if they wanted me to start something that talked about bubbles and cycles and where to invest and how to grow your money and started a a membership platform a few months ago. And it just, yeah, it mushroomed from there. And then the people advised me how to build it. They told me what they wanted, what they didn't want. And it really surprised me because it was a little bit different than what I had planned and and actually easier than what I had planned because (laughs) I was going to, you know, provide, you know, exponential uh, amounts of things. And they're like, no, 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 we just want this and that and this and that. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I can do that. So yeah, I think it's a super smart way to start a business and have your audience tell you what they want. Yeah. yeah, and there's that like theory. What's it called? It's a startup. Um, oh man, it's not like the bare bones startup, but it's the minimal viable product or like a bootstrap. Yeah, it's something like you you narrow everything down to like the the very simplest like product that you can put out there. Um, just to get it done and out the door, and then you start you iterate as you go on and build from there. Um, it's this whole uh, I can't I can't believe I can't think of it right now. There's, there's this whole like movement that's going on, and like like I'm a part of like startup um, organizations, and they're all like talking about it all the time. Um, if it pops up, I'll tell you or, or email you so you can put it in the notes. <laughs> okay, okay, that sounds good. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that's okay. Well, since you started out with budgets, I know that you had a method where you were able to save money and fund your IRA. So tell us about that, so people can get some savings ideas from you. Yeah, so um, uh, for many years, you know, so pretty much like to build your wealth, right? Like there's really like two ways that you can do it. You can cut your expenses and bank it all or you can earn more and bank it all, right? Like those are the two very simple ways. So for years, I was into like hustling and working and, you know, killing myself 78 hours of work a week trying to earn more money. Um, And a year ago or two years ago almost – I say, you know what? Like, I haven't paid attention to my regular, like, recurring bills, my cable, my cell phone, that kind of stuff, man, in like years. Like, I just, I said it and then I just forgot it and I never really went back to pay attention. Um, and so a year and a half ago, I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I called it like challenge everything. Like, I went through all my recurring bills um, and I tried to cut it down as low as I can. Um, and then the difference of what I, w- I was now paying versus what I was paying. I threw into a bank account and to see how much I could save over a year. Um, and, and I also did other things like, you know, sell something on Craigslist every week. And if I got like birthday money, I throw that in there. So there was extra money as well. Um, but after a year of doing this, I had almost literally $5,500, which is the max that you could put in, in an IRA. Um, and what I noticed was 
it, it's if you hit the recurring bills, that gets money. You do like one time work, and then it's saved money every single month forever without doing anything. You know, <laughs> which like blew my mind. It's the simplest, stupidest concept. Uh, and so I start like I, my wife and I are paying one hundred seventy, eighty dollars uh, a month for iPhones. You know, and I like my iPhone. I like you could never apply it for me. I loved it, and I said, "Well, can I get something else that does the same stuff, but for cheaper?" Pretty much that wasn't an iPhone. And I found Republic Wireless, and I said, "Oh man, this is awesome!" We now pay like fifty dollars a month total. So that was one hundred and thirty savings every month for a year and a half, which is already like what two thousand dollars just in that one move. You know, because I'm, I'm continuing to do it. Um, and then I did the same with cable. Like eventually, I lowered my cable. Cable. Eventually, I just got rid of it, which again is something I would never ever do, you know. But I kept comparing: would I rather have this hundred dollar bill every month, or would I rather have a couple of TV shows, right? And when I kept comparing it to the money, <laughs> the money kept winning. <laughs> Interesting. So you cut out your cable altogether. Did you miss it at all? Yeah. Um, so I only missed one thing. I cut out cable, but I did get Netflix. I never had Netflix and, and streaming all that stuff. Um, so I do pay like whatever, 10 bucks and I have Hulu now. That's a new one. That's like $8 a month or $5. Um, so I didn't get rid of it all the way. Um, but the one thing, so I don't miss any shows at all because I get it all through Netflix or Hulu. Um, but I do miss football. Um, I can't watch football, you know, live anymore. You can go to friends' houses and that kind of stuff, but you know, that's the only one thing. And that's what, what I hear once I started talking about getting rid of cable, like everyone was like, oh yeah, I've got rid of it for years ago. Everyone was saying like how they all do it, of course. Um, you know, and that was the one thing that a lot of people that haven't given it up was because they couldn't figure out how to still get football or, or sports. Mm-hmm. So, so that is a downfall. Um, but again, for me, I was like, well, I'd rather miss that and save money if it's going to be, you know, like it made me happier. So, and I, I base a lot of stuff on happiness. Um, you know, like did the iPhone make me happy? No, it was helpful. But the phone I have now does the exact same thing, you know, and gives me money and, and my level of happiness. So, so pretty much the whole challenge, everything was figure out how to get rid of stuff, make money and still have the same quality of life more or less. Interesting. So, so you actually get rid of an iPhone, you get a different phone? Yeah, yeah. With Republic Wireless, um, you can only have like three or four phones or Android phones, Motorola phones. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all, it all goes through um, uh, Wi-Fi. So, so because it goes through Wi-Fi versus like your typical uh, wireless, however it works in the air, um, you don't, you can just, you have unlimited stuff, calling, texting, whatever. Um, and then when you leave a, a Wi-Fi area, it switches over to, um, I think it's Sprint, I believe, um, once you're out of the, your Wi-Fi range or a Wi-Fi range. So that's how they cut costs so low because they don't, they, they don't use the bandwidth of wireless. They all use uh, uh, Wi-Fi. Interesting. So are you using that for your internet too? Um, no. I think there's something now that you can turn your phone into a hotspot. Um, but no, because I work from home and, you know, doing pot, I'm starting my own podcast and all that kind of stuff. I needed, I, I just want like the landline, the good, big, hard stuff. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so and that's another thing, right? So with cable and phone and all these packages and everything, um, you can't even get rid of like everything. Like, like as an online worker, you can't get rid of your internet at home. Right. Um, so that's a challenge too in, in the bill department. But again, like you shave a little here and there, um, you know, they'll jack it up over time and you go back and you heart, you know, haggle them back down and all that good stuff. 
Um, but but the, but the point of the whole challenging, at least for me, was to like stop paying attention to things like for years. You know, like 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 pay attention to everything. I guess more consciously as, as your life goes on and things change over time. Um, and I gotta say, like when I did, that's what started it. And then I said, well, I have all this stuff, and I'm trying to be more like minimalist. But I, I can't be that if I have all this stuff everywhere. You know, so so eventually this challenge, everything trickled into things on the wall, books, paintings, and I'd go around once a week, every Friday, and find something I don't want, or even if I want, but I'd rather have the money, and try and sell it. So if it was a year of every Friday selling something too, uh, and that now, like my, if, you know, if I did a comparison of my room now, my office now versus then, I mean, it's completely different. Um, and I don't miss anything and that, and, and uh, you get like this high off of it, you know, it's like how much stuff do you actually need, you know, and, or makes you happy. And it's crazy that you don't really need that much, you know, um, you know, but, but I, that, that whole minimalist thing is kind of hard, too hardcore for some people, but it's an interesting, ha- you know, challenge at least for a couple months to try. Right. Well, tell us more about selling things on Fridays. Was this mostly through eBay or how did you do that? Um, it was mainly off of Craigslist, um, and I would have a box um, that I'd put stuff every week into, and then I'd list those things. And, and you know, I have like three or four boxes full of stuff that I keep saying, "Oh, I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell." But the problem is, when you get too much stuff, it's hard to like sit down and spend like twelve hours trying to list it all. You know, so I broke it down into just a weekly thing, and I put it on you know Gmail calendar every Friday. It'd pop up and say, "Don't forget to sell something today." You know. Um, and I go to my box or literally take something off my wall, take a picture, list it on Craigslist. Um, and I would say about 75% of the stuff I listed sold, you know, some sold within a week, some took a couple months. Um, and I lowered the price every now and then. Um, and then whatever didn't sell, I just donated to like Salvation Army or Goodwill. Um, you know, but it was interesting. It, It got me to think about like, after you, after you go like six or seven months, you start, like there were some things in the beginning I, I, I would not sell. And then after six or seven months, I was like, could I sell this? You know, like what would happen? Like I kept trying to like one up myself, you know? And <laughs> so like, tell us what are some of the specifics of things? So, you sold? Yeah. So there are some that like, um, here's, I guess here's the most extreme. So, so I'm a coin collector, right? For the last three years, I've loved coins, the history and in there, you know, and it's, it's one of those things you can collect, but doesn't take up much room because they're real tiny. But they also have value, so you can actually like there's a market, a, a liquid market for coin collecting. Um, and so for years, I got into it. I started this challenge, and I'm, I'm like a member of our local coin club. Like I actually help them with their website. Like I'm really heavily invested in the coin collecting uh, hobby, I guess. <laughs> um, and as they started hobby. selling, huh? It's a great hobby, actually. Yeah, the hobby of kings, as they say. <laughs> I'm the youngest one of the of our club, but um, and so anyway, so all these, uh, so I'd sell books, I'd sell paintings, I'd sell like I had this guitar for years because I swore I was going to learn how to play guitar. Finally, sold that, and and I came across my coin collection, and I thought, oh man, this would be like the ultimate thing to sell because not only do I love it and it's my hobby like it's, a, it's I realize it's the only thing in my entire house besides my kids and like family and pictures that like I have an emotional attachment to um that that like would be like the most extreme for me to get rid of um and I actually and I and I love the hobby but I, I after a few years um with this challenge too it kind of made me think like what like 
yeah, you have these coins, and let's say they're you know they're worth thousands of dollars, or it's not something small. But like, it's crazy to me that pieces of metal can be worth so much, and that I covet them so much, you know. Um, and so I, I one day I was going to either donate or sell them, and and someone you know kept me aside and said, hey, this might be something for you to like pass down to your to your family or your kids as they get older or continue the hobby. So I haven't. I, I never got rid of them. I still have them, and I still enjoy them. Um, but that was like the most extreme, like I was, I was so close to just getting rid of it cause I was on such a high, you know? Um, and so now I know, even though I still own it, I know that there's nothing physical that like I have a, that an attachment to anymore as compared to like a, a attachment to like everything. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Well, that was a good move to keep them because I think they'll go up in value. So that's a, oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And unlike other depreciating assets, those are good things to get rid of. But I think the coins were a smart move to keep. Yeah, and I and I don't do modern stuff, so they're all like eighteen hundreds or they're gold or silver. So um, yeah, and I, and I like them, right? And that and that becomes that goes back to like the fine line of like how hardcore do you get? Like if you enjoy something, and even like man, hell, like spending money on on Starbucks or, you know, buying like a $10,000 bicycle because you like riding bikes. I don't know. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, it's okay to prioritize and spend money on that, you know, as you know. Um, You know, so so I I don't want people thinking like, oh, you have to go extreme and get rid of everything you love to save money. You know, that's not really the point. It was more for me, at least, to really challenge what I view with things versus what actually makes me happy, you know. Um, and, and so there's a, you know, you can take it too far one way or the other, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the frugalist movement, but I do think that you do need to put some money together to, to invest and that's, what's going to build wealth for people. So you can't save your way to wealth, but you can put your money together to grow it to wealth. Uh, oh, that, that sounds like a tagline. I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> can't say, I'm going to tweet that. Can't save yourself to wealth. Yeah. It's uh, it's really something that I think people get too focused on the saving and they don't get focused enough on the growing of the wealth. But, yeah, I, but yeah. I like the fact that you, you know, were so focused. I love this Friday idea. So people, if they're wanting to do that, they would put a picture in Craigslist and mm-hmm. then describe the item. And then yeah. how do you price things? Um, whatever I was selling, I would look around if there's anything else on Craigslist similar. Um, and then if not, I'd go to eBay and see what's selling on eBay. Um, and, and you have to be careful because there's a lot of prices people are asking, which, you know, you can ask anything you want. <laughs> so you have to go to like the sold prices to see what the actual market's doing. Um, you know, so that would give me an idea. And I, you know, I'd write a nice description. And if there was like model numbers or names, I'd make sure to put those in there. So if people were searching, you know, it's kind of like online, the more search terms you have, the better shot of someone finding it. Um, so picture a blurb and I priced it. And then usually every week or two weeks, if I didn't get any hits, I'd lower it by a couple dollars until it sold. Um, which some people like or don't depending on, you know, how much money they want to get for it. Um, but, but if you, if you like selling, like most people that do something similar, they all choose eBay cause you have a bigger market. It's just, I, I, I didn't want to spend the time, you know, with the growing family and business to, to go ship everything. And if it doesn't get there and deal with all that. Um, and so I took a little less money, but I got rid of stuff faster. Um, and I, I personally like meeting people face to face cause you know, I'd always ask them why they wanted something, you know, and you get all these cool stories like, Oh, I'm giving it to gift to someone or, Oh, I had the same thing, but it broke because I did something stupid, you know, or, Oh, I'm just a whore. Like someone would just say, I'm just a hoarder. I collect things. 
you know, <laughs> it's just crazy, right? Because you know, it's, you know. Oh, so man. did did usually the first person that came to see it buy it, or did you get a lot of looky lose? Um, every single person except one bought it sight on, you know, right when I got there, because also you're spending so much time, even as a buyer going there. So I think even if you kind of like, well, I'm not sure. It's like, you already went through all the hassle. So you probably do it anyways. Um, I only had one instance where I was a, a scared and B the person didn't buy it. They, they kept texting me. Um, and I thought they were a girl and I could have sworn they said they were a girl, and it was in a. I always meet like in a public place. Um, some people recommend meeting at like police stations, which I didn't know was popular for that stuff. Which makes sense, <laughs> right? And, and police allow it, apparently. Um, wow. Yeah, but I was sitting in my car, um, and you know, and I look. You know, I guess this person kind of looks like me. Like they, like they were a little rough and had crazy hair and crazy car. Um, so I shouldn't judge all the way, but I, but I was scared. They just rolled up a, a guy instead of a girl jumped out of the car, like before it stopped rolling, um, came up to me. It was like in my face. It was like, let me see everything you have. And I thought, Oh my God, this guy's like robbing me. You know, like I was looking for the gun. Like I was, I just, I just like stood there with my mouth open. He's like, aren't you the guy meeting me? And I said, yeah. And I showed him and he didn't buy anything. He was trying to, you know, it turned out he was kind of like a hustler and he, he had his own, you know, thrift shop and he was trying to source stuff from it. So he was going to lowball me. Um, anyways, but that was the first time that I like actually kind of got scared for myself. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's the other downside too, right? With eBay, you don't deal people face to face. And, and you know, if I sold this guy something or his money was fake or something, there's no really recourse. Whereas eBay, there's a whole system in place. Um, you know, so, and there's other, there's another, there's apps. I started using this app called offer up, um, which is, better because it's on your phone not as many people use it as craigslist or ebay but you just take the picture and you just upload it right on your phone so it's like really quick and then when you search for stuff it's all visual pictures just pictures everywhere you know and you can have your own profile so i sold two things off of there um you know it's just harder because there's not as many people um so yeah Actually, one one item, <laughs> I only had to walk two blocks to, uh, to meet this person, and within the two blocks, it broke in my hand. <laughs> oh, <I know. laughs> and I got there, and I said, "I am so sorry. Oh my gosh! Like I feel I just wasted your time. This thing's broken." And he looked at, it, he's like, oh, "I'll just glue it together." <laughs> it was like an antique. <laughs> I'm sorry. I gave him a discount, but he wouldn't have it. He said, "No, it's not your fault." You know, so you get like really cool, nice people too. Oh, that is hilarious! Oh, I bet you could write a whole book about your stories with <laughs> those episodes. I, yeah, I thought of like an anonymous like Craigslist hustler blog, you know, <laughs> talking about. I had someone like whittled. I think it was like a, a de- old decanter, um, and it, I was selling it for like I don't know, like fifteen bucks. It wasn't a lot, and this person haggled me down to like five bucks. I said, "All right, whatever." Like it was, I was trying to sell for like three months. They showed up in a convertible Mercedes Benz. <laughs> and I didn't know what to think because either A, like they're really good with money and they're prioritizing where their money's going, right? Or they're just crazy. You know, I don't know. It's just weird to me. It just didn't fit. <laughs> so. Oh, my goodness. Well, Jay, you are a, a, just a joy and a crack up to oh, be with. <laughs> I've been laughing oh, this whole time. Thank you so much. We learned some things, and I think we got inspired that we can clean up our house and make a little money on the side. 
There you go. Yep. If anyone has questions, email me, budgetsarsexy.com. You can go to, um, I also have a site, rockstarfinance.com, that curates the best articles on money out there. Um, so yeah, check them out. Let me know what you think. Well, that was my interesting interview with Jay Money from Budgets Are Sexy. He's quite a guy, and we had a lot of fun doing that interview. Today's sponsor is from theschoolofpodcasting.com. If you've ever thought about starting your own podcast, it's a highly effective way to reach people. Podcasting is a great way to connect with a global audience, build your community, connect with future customers, and be heard. It takes some learning, so pick a good teacher. If you need help shaping your message, choosing the right equipment, building a website, and publishing your show to iTunes, you can learn it all in one place with theschoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code POD20, P-O-D-2-0, to get 20% off. You get a 30-day guarantee, access to a private Facebook group, and live monthly webinars to ask questions. That's www.theschoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code POD20, P-O-D-2-0, to get 20% off. And don't forget to stop over to my website at lindapjones.com and get your free report, Three Simple Steps to Maximize Your Wealth Building. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.